0: Assalamu alaikum. How are you guys doing? Insha'Allah. I pray that you're all in the best of health and that you're keeping warm, especially if you're in the UK. Um it's snowing. Well it stopped snowing now. And I'm actually quite sad. Um the Snow is melting, which is not good, but um, alhamdulillah, it is very cold. So, um, we have a really interesting topic today. Thank you for joining, Kilo Kilo. I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. Um, so we have quite a serious topic, um, and I would like to start with a quote, inshallah, that I heard. Uh, or not heard, I read, and it says, the lust you hold so closely can vanish within moments. And I think that's how I see haram relationships. So the topic is the psychological traps of haram relationships and how to end them, inshallah. So firstly, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us if we've been um, involved in that. Um, and if we are, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, give us the ability to get out of it, insha'Allah. And really why I'm sharing this topic is something that unfortunately may Allah reward, um, you know, the ummah and may Allah give us strength. But I feel like we, you know, it's easier to throw, you know, like Quran quotes and hadith, because we know. And by the way, can I just say a uh, disclaimer? Um, I'm going to reference snippets here and there, but really I want to talk about the psychological traps, um, you know, why we fall into these kind of relationships, because we can know, you know, all the Islamic um, literature that we possibly can, um, but if we're falling into it, clearly there is some kind of cognitive dissonance in it that's going on internally um you know maybe it's our emotions that are faulty maybe it's our thought process um so it's i'm going to look at it from different angles today inshallah um and it's also very very common to look down upon people and to make them feel um you know like like i'm better than now like i could never be in that situation but we have to be mindful that you know whatever we judge and we um by the way jazakallah khair and all for joining inshallah may Allah reward you wa alaykum to you all um alhamdulillah so i'm saying it's easier to look down on people um you know because if you're young unfortunately this is very prevalent within the youth and um, we might want to say no it's not and, and kind of go into this denial um, sort of denying the, the truth of it all because at the end of the day our kids are going to uni they go to college um you know society is marketing sexuality and prism- um, being promiscuous as something that is the norm right and we know in islam it's a very grave sin there's so much repercussion that um you know that comes from these Um, interactions. And may Allah, like I said, forgive us all. So here it's not about judging, it's just to understand maybe a deeper layer of why we do it, right? Or maybe why we could fall into these traps. And firstly, I think the two key components I think that I want to outline throughout this stream is self-awareness and strengthening our boundaries. So I'm going to elaborate more on the boundaries in a little bit, inshallah. So the way I'll break down the stream is that I will um, sort of gloss over some of the psychological traps, um, some of the needs, the unmet needs. You know, is it um, low self-esteem? Is it validation? Um, because that there is... So let's talk about shaydan, right? So shaydan uses our psyche as a tool um, that's as a tool against us in order to allure us into destructive behaviors. So we know that, for example, I mean, I've, the people, like, if I've come across anyone in these kind of relationships, I've, the, the one thing that I've heard that's very common, um, within, if someone's been in the relationship, a Haram relationship, or if someone has gotten out of a Haram relationship is that they feel possessed right? They feel out of control. Um, It feels like there's this powerful force that um, overcomes them. They feel weak. They feel helpless. Um, It's like, you know, being an addict sometimes. And I know always, you know, I think prevention is better than cure. And we know the steps that we should take, inshallah, to prevent ourselves from falling into these Um, kind of um, you know sort of dynamics but I think at the same time it's just as important to talk about you know why so maybe even me doing this dream inshallah the hopes is or the intention should I say is for it to maybe you know if someone was talking to a, a you know a brother or a sister and you know that they, they just saw it as, oh, it's harmless. You know, it sometimes it's way more deeper than that. Um, you know, and like we in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, don't even come close, you know, don't even take the steps towards zina. Because again, you know, the the more we interact in an un Islamic way with the opposite sex, it the more we are opening ourselves and opening the doors to shaitan. To come and attack us and to also use our most inner vulnerable um sort of parts of ourselves against us so because shaitan's with us right he's been with us since the day we were born so he knows things about ourselves that we might not even know about you know because he's very cunning um you know he's knows all the trick in the book Um, subhanallah so may Allah make it easy for us inshallah I'm going to come and read your comments afterwards so jazakallah and please keep them coming um, because I just wanted to inshallah stay on um, topic so when we talk about growing up right, um, we get to have a frame of reference of the world and sometimes that frame of reference of the world um, could be unconscious, and the the unconscious parts of ourselves can come from childhood. Um, it could also come from other experiences that we've had, um, but it's mostly, say, like, if we've had unmet needs, um, because that's the thing, like, when you're obsessively in this kind of situation, um, we know even, subhanAllah, like, when we don't include Allah, into, um, you know, and we don't allow Allah to access um, those, you know, vulnerable parts of ourselves and we're not broken and we're not vulnerable in front of Allah, then the the other, you know, being that takes control of us is Shaitan, right? And by Shaitan using um, our own emotions and feelings against us, what happens is then we actually... Are, part of us is rejecting Allah, we're rejecting the blessings that we could receive from Allah and we embark on this really dark journey. Um, you know, if, if you talk to a lot of people that are in haram relationships, it's very much chaotic. Um, you know, yes, granted, you know, even marriages have their ups and downs, um, but the thing with marriages is that You know, you have Allah's blessings. So inshallah, those um, hard testing times in the marriage are temporary. But when you're embarking on a haram relationship, best believe that journey is going to be difficult. You know, you're not going to find any solace. um, You're not going to be able to find any um, peace in the situation. You're always going to be arguing. Um, because you know that at the end of the day, you're doing something that's haram. So when we're involved in haram actions, like, I think it's very naive to believe that somehow, maybe this will change. Um, and a lot of the the things that I would also suggest is, so let's maybe look at the, there's, um, so for me, I, I like to look at it this way, right, that, we have two worlds and we simultaneously exist within these two worlds right so we have the internal world and this is where it's part of the unseen so these are what you'd call our emotions our you know thoughts and our feelings and obviously various other things that are hidden from us but then we have um the outer world so when we think of um the outer world it's it's really about um, the senses, right? So when we think of, let's go back to the reality of our emotions. So some people can say that, you know, well, emotions are not a bad thing, but really and truly when we look at it, um, even though we have the best of intentions logically and we know something is wrong, unfortunately our emotions are are very powerful our desires our wants our needs and these aspects of ourselves the traumas that we've gone through um if we've experienced abandonment if we felt unloved when we were growing up or if we were heavily criticized by a very critical parent and all of these things are what what can be used to entrap us so it's like to entrap um us with from the shaytan. And may Allah make it easy for us all. So for me, from my you know um opinion, the I feel like the number one reason why some of us can fall into the the these primary traps, um, it's really lack of boundaries. And when I talk about boundaries, I'm talking about boundaries in both worlds. So in the external and also in the internal. And um, so when I talk about boundaries in the internal World, I would attribute them to, again, like I said, the the traumas, the the feelings, the um, the abandonment, all of those things, the feeling unloved and unwanted, um, the need for approval and um, validation or acceptance from from the outside, because there is a part of us that, you know, for whatever reason, you know, we might not be healed, um, and in in those part of ourselves. Those are the parts where we're meant to surrender to Allah, and Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, for Him to heal us and um, to help us overcome whatever struggles that we have. But when we think of the um, ex- external world, it's through the senses. So it's lack of boundaries within the senses. So we know the senses are seeing, hearing, and um, touch taste um smell right so how these when you're in that haram relationship all of these senses play a massive part into you um you know staying in that relationship or also finding it difficult to leave that situation and um, so you know when we talk about hearing it could be the you know that the affirmation um the words the The way where someone could make you feel, you know, like seen and heard, it's about, you know, when you share something that's very vulnerable to you with someone, where they could make you feel understood and, you know, like they'll approve of you and your experience and they validate. And if you've grown up with really low self esteem, or you've grown up not feeling seen in your household when you were younger, or maybe if you ha- you didn't have your father around, you know, for a girl, um, or for a boy, you know, if your mother was very demasculating, and now you found, you know, a sister who is um, who's you know, allowing you to to exercise your masculinity, um, and also for for a sister, maybe she's seeking security, um, in an, in another man um and that's why she's fallen into this trap so again hearing um you know seeing how the person you know the physicality of things if they now we live in a world that's very you know like i said that markets sexuality and um promiscuity in a way where it's so heightened among you know literally everyone young and old because you go out of your door and subhanallah like what you see um, alhamdulillah it's winter <laughs> and people are covered up I love winter I think winter is not for that reason but um one of the reasons one of my favorite seasons of the year is winter um, and the next one is spring because I just love um you know everything coming back to live alhamdulillah all the trees are blossoming and yeah it's a very exciting time alhamdulillah so um Yeah, so then we obviously... So you look at it this way, right? So your internal world is it's affected by your external. So by the outside world, so what you see, what you touch, what you hear. And also, if we think back to, you know, there is, I'm I'm sure it's a hadith, right? And I'm sure, you know, you you guys can correct me, inshallah, where it said that, um, you know, when we wholeheartedly submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there will come a point where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will become the eyes that we see with will become you know the hands that we strike with and um, so that when we surrender to Allah in that in in those moments i feel like an iman goes up inshallah may Allah increase us in iman And um, what happens is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses your senses you know Allah's guiding your senses inshallah to be obedient to him um so if we are not connected to allah and if we don't give due jil, um i can't even say the word diligence on oh, its no, it's not coming again okay, anyway if we don't give allah his due rights then um then yeah sorry i'm just thinking of like how was the word pronunciation anyway it's okay um yeah if we don't give our um you know our senses to Allah and we don't surrender them and we don't have Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala governing us and having full authority because that's what we're here, right? To be in this world is to be an abd is to be a servant um, of Allah and in order for us to be a servant um, of Allah and to be in servitude what happens is then we get inshallah by the will of Allah we are now um, freed from all these traps that Shaytan uses to control us and and to, um, you know, bring us down to, to our demise. And again, may Allah forgive us and guide us, inshallah. So, there's, um, for me right now, I think moving forward in this stream, I would like to concentrate on the lack of the internal boundaries. Because again, you know, the world is, your internal world creates your external um and yes the external world has a massive part to play in um how you see yourself inside and you know how you um how you show up in the world but i think your internal world is a lot more because that's the only thing we have in control of right like i can't control what happens outside of my little bubble and the environment yes we are all a product of the environment that we've, um, that we grew up in. But to some respect, I think it's only so far that we can blame the environment. I think we have to, you know, there's there's a, a moment or there's a time where we have to distinguish ourselves from the environment and really truly like look inwards and, and take responsibility and accountability for our actions and it also understand you know, the key really is self-awareness because when we know why we do what we do um and why we why we fall into you know the countless of times where we would disobey Allah is because we're not conscious. You know, if that's where we're told, you know, when we praying to to Allah, you know, we should pray as if you know we see Allah, right? Um and that's not seeing Allah. With our eyes it's more so seeing Allah with our hearts um, and knowing that you know Allah is there and and if we can't do that then the, the least that we do is know that Allah is watching us so may Allah you know make it easy for us all and subhanAllah may Allah cover up all our faults Allahumma Ameen, <inaudible> insha'Allah so there's three um, components to this and so in the psychological um, field what is really referenced is transference and i will explain that in a minute and also displacement and projection and i think these three are from the internal world and when we strengthen our boundaries in in these three areas um i mean we can't do it all the time but inshallah is to at least be self-aware so someone once said um that you can So, all right, so imagine this, we come into this world unconscious and incompetent, right? And then we go to another level where we become conscious, but we're still incompetent. So think of a child, you know, for those who have children, they don't know how to tie a shoelace, right? For majority of the time, is it those like stick on, I don't know, Velcro, Velcro, I don't know. There's a thing that you get for children. And when they're young and it kind of just sticks on, whatever it's called. I'm sure I know it, but I forgot. Anyway, please don't hold me to it. Um, there's that, right? But then when the child gets to a certain age, you know, like you sit them down at the bottom of the stairs or the stair, um, step stair, staircase or whatever, and you get them to learn how to tie their shoe like shoelace. And the first couple of times, they don't really know it, right? They don't really understand. But then they move on to another level. And this is also for us as adults, where we become competent, um, where we become conscious of something, but then what follows is that we're competent now. So we're not the other two, you know, we're not unconscious and incompetent. We're not conscious and still incompetent, but instead we're conscious and we're competent. So then again, that means we're functioning, inshallah, in a way where, you know, we're using our full capacity of what it is to be human inshallah so when we think of transference so normally transference is known as a phenomena right and within the psychotherapy um it's in which a person's feelings it's it's like how would i best describe it um to think of like someone's so it's like a the feelings right a person gets and these feelings are unconsciously redirected or transferred onto the present situation so again I spoke about if a young girl felt unseen or she has low self-esteem or um, you know she didn't have that innocent um, you know interaction with her father where it wasn't sexualized but it was it was more so about um, you know that that love, that first love, um, where it's it's pure and it's innocent, where you know she learns how to establish the closeness um, of how to be close to you know a male figure, um, without in you know um, without like I don't know what's the word that I want to use, um, without oh I'm stuck now. I'm stuck, and <laughs> I'm trying to think of the word. Um, so it's basically a very innocent love, right? It's an innocent love. And th- this is the the initial um, imprint that she gets of, because we hear the saying, right, that a young woman, normally um, she looks for traits or characteristics that her dad had. Um, so there's something about when you're young, you know, if you felt cared for and nurtured and protected and provided for by, um, you know, uh, your dad or inshallah other male relatives in your family, predominantly your dad, um, then there is that safety, that vulnerability you could be towards a man. So when you get older and you reach, you know, a pubescent pubescence age, then you know you have all these other feelings and emotions and and now you go off and wanting to get married. But when you're young, right, boys are disgusting. Like you don't want to go near a boy. You're like, oh they're nasty. Um but then as you get older that changes and again it's vice versa for boys and girls. Um so that's basically so transference is feelings from a primary relationship during your childhood Um, and again it's those unmet needs you know not feeling safe not feeling secured Um, we tend to normally know that you know if a young girl especially now with this whole rap culture and trap music in the UK and all of these like gangsters and and whatever else right you know we've heard the phrase bad boys you know you know like I'm sure a lot of us have said you know you could find a really nice guy who's very down to earth who's very humble and and you know really loving right but you can normally tell when someone has internal issues within um or towards um the opposite sex is when they tend to go for you know someone who's unavailable someone who um you know like seems quite dangerous and have and they have these reckless behaviors, right? Like, you know, if you see a guy where he drives a, fi- a fast car and, you know, maybe you think, oh, because he's, you know, um, a drug dealer, may Allah protect us from this. But this is what we're promoting to our young boys and girls, right? You know, go for people that are, um, you know, that have these traits and we glorify them, which is again, uh, you know, another way of showdown trying to um us may allah protect us i mean but it's about knowing inshallah you know why you do these things so you know if you had a someone that was abusive when you were younger maybe you would be attracted to someone who has those traits you know who's who's very much disobedient or um, not agreeable someone who um you know hates the law someone who's always defiant someone who has issues with authority um because you feel like you know there there is a sense of safety but really there isn't you know it it seems nice at first but you know from the stories that i've heard subhanallah you could end up in so much trouble so you know may allah protect us all from that i mean so the next one is displacement and in again the psychological um sort of field this would be a defense mechanism and this defense mechanism is in which a person again redirects a negative emotion from its original source um. so this could be you know maybe You know when you were younger in school or something when you've realized oh wow okay suddenly boys are not disgusting and you know and girls are not disgusting um and you know they're not yucky or whatever you know you'd be like oh okay i i I feel some type of way but then for whatever reason maybe you got rejected or maybe your parents told you you know this is shameful and you know maybe the way you know sexuality was introduced to you was a very um you know, like a very a way where you need to suppress, like you can't express anything to do with any kind of emotions, right around that. So those negative feelings of being rejected or being, um, you know, made to feel disregarded and your curiosity about the world was, you know, you were shamed for it, then those could, you could instill, you know, resentment and anger Um, towards people in that way and again when I talk about how this um, sort of surfaces this could be the addictive pull within those haram relationships because you're so reactive um, and you have all these hormones is that you know that there is this sense of like even your iman like when you're committing the act your iman leaves you like it hovers over your head subhanAllah so like you are literally just unconscious um be- because what you're doing is is against Allah at the end of the day it's against the the natural order of things so um yeah so then you have this turmoil right where you can't stand the person one minute but then you know as soon as you reconnect with them or as soon as they say one thing so these are the things the emotions that could make it difficult for someone to leave because it's it's you know, you know, you don't want to be in that kind of relationship, if it's an abusive relationship, whether it's physically, emotionally, financially, Um, but all these have a part to play in. Then the one thing that I think I really want to maybe stay um, with for a second is, or a minute, is projection. So again, projection in the psychological um, sort of field is again a defense mechanism and in the defense mechanism in this defense mechanism i can't even get my words out wait i'm gonna have a drink i know you guys are commenting so inshallah i'm gonna come back to the comments alhamdulillah i just don't want to um lose my train of thought so jazakallah khairan for your patience so the one thing that i really want to talk about when it comes to projection is that so we so think of um so think of you right so you you, you they, okay so your internal world right we have personas so we have different various of masks that we um you know project onto the world and um, we have um yeah we have positive and negative um You know qualities where we see in other people. Um, you know that's when we put people up in a pedal store, right? When you meet someone, suddenly, you know, if you've if you felt like you needed rescuing, you know, you'll put this guy or this girl in this pedal store, where now you just see them as someone that is like hard to maintain or um or hard to kind of get. So you project a lot of your Um, emotions and again if you grew up feeling very you know you were criticized very much when you were younger and you were shamed um, you know you weren't allowed to express any feelings any sense of autonomy when you meet someone else and you it's really difficult for you to be able to it's it's difficult for you to be able to recognize you know these beautiful positive traits about yourself right so I'm trying to think of an example in my head um, where, like, for, for example, you could think, um, you know, like, you're always a victim, right? So maybe I'm the victim, let's say that, yeah. And then I will always attract people that I perceive as, um, as someone who is, um, you know, where I always need a caretaker. You know, let's just say that a caretaker or someone who would be able to rescue me, right? I've lost my train of thought now, but anyway, it'll come back to me. So yeah, so basically I'm saying is we project a lot of qualities onto other people. And the the truth of projection really is that projection is something that is normal. And it's something that we should, it's like it happens within our daily um, interactions. Like you meet someone and just because someone looks at you a certain way, suddenly like where do you think that feeling comes from or at work for example or maybe in the apartment that you live in there's someone that always you feel like oh you know they're always just just annoying like they seem to pick at everything they're moaning about you know the fact that you have your washing machine on at at night or you know at work they're moaning that you know whatever anyways I'm not really good at trying I'm trying to think of things but my mind is just yeah gone a different way so anyway um so think of that right so um projection like i said is normal and it has a positive function in our lives it really does um and this is in a way you could say it's introducing us to the unknown parts of our own selves right so i'm it's always said and i'm a massive believer in this like whenever someone irritates you Or when someone winds you up or you just feel like, oh, just, you know what, that person just really gets to me. Like, that is, like, that should be a red flag. Like, you should try to really pay attention to those feelings and and question them. You know, why is this person getting under my skin? Why is this person rubbing me up the wrong way? And normally, there, there is a sense of negative projection that we're doing onto that person. Um, because we can't whatever they're doing their perceived you know action is something that we are not accepting of ourselves or is something that we've done and maybe you know again we're ashamed or you know we're unconscious of or whatever but we're projecting onto them because remember no one can really make us feel anything that we don't want to feel um and then also we have you know shadow parts of ourselves Um, so this is you know there's so much again to all the 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 ins and outs the nuances that goes on um within us so maybe we could look at projection um also how it might happen in when we fall in love right with people so we when we find someone we project something that's very tender um and this impacts This really impacts, like when we think of the tenderness, like the warmth, um, the, the feeling that we get from this person that we've projected on, it's important to know that, you know, where is this coming from? You know, what is it about this person? Like, it's good to ask. So some questions I would ask is, you know, what is it about this thing that you like about the person? Um, You know, what is it that's captivating? What captivates you about them? Um, And also, if there's jealousy, you know, what are the things that you feel jealous about? Inshallah. And oftentimes, it's something that we need to develop in our own selves and oftentimes it's it's the most important reparative um, sort of experience that we might need right so instead of falling into a harm relationship it's understanding your own self is understanding what your needs are what your wants are. And again, I'm going to keep reiterating, you know, why are you doing the things that you do? And try to really explore that with yourself, inshallah. Um, so there's the projection. Like I said, a lot of the relationships that people have shared with me, um, it's, you know, it's always to do with unmet needs and desires, or their desires are so powerful. Um, that they have no control over so they actually become very weak um, and they become powerless to the traps of the shaitan and the only way we could defeat that is first self-awareness and obviously going towards um, you know doing things that please Allah and staying away from that and um, another one is you know some sisters I've heard you know whenever I've asked like you know what is it about this person they would always say like well you know I've n- I haven't had anyone that made me feel seen this way. So maybe, you know, if you were younger, you were always the ugly duckling, maybe people have called you that. You know, hey, beauty is in the eyes of the beholder, right? But, you know, maybe when you were younger, like, you were fat-shamed, right? And you're like, oh, you know, like, who's going to marry you? Um, Stop eating. And, you know, like, there was all these things like I know people go through acne when they're teenagers and I know a lot like I know my older brother may Allah forgive me um I remember like you know my mom used to tease him sometimes and she would always get him to get creams and you know he never wanted to um use them because you know when you're young you're just like oh I can't be bothered and um yeah I remember like there's all these horrible names that you know my other siblings used to call him and but alhamdulillah you know now he's skin is way more cleaner than mine and clearer should i say not cleaner clearer than mine um alhamdulillah and but you know what if it's a girl you know maybe she didn't have a tough skin like maybe for her that was you know that she's always seen herself that way it's like when we think of um, people that suffer from anorexia you know and sort of eating disorders it's like they have this distorted view of themselves so like you could look at them and be like, wow, like you're really thin. Um and then she she or he, Allahu a'lam they would turn around and say, No, I feel fat, you know, and they'll maybe point out like I don't know, a bone or something, like barely any fat on their skin, and be like, look, you know, or and but in their mind, it's because they see themselves away, like no matter how much society and even the mirror you know, their own reflection tells them that, hey, like, you need to put on some weight, like, this is not healthy. In their mind, they still feel like they're fat. And so again, you know, like I said, if someone's constantly being told, you know, you're not pretty, and even like comparing siblings, right? Like, you know, maybe you have one sibling that's a bit more fairer in in the household. Maybe you have um, one that has, you know, the features that Unfortunately, it seems very. Um, what does it seem it's like? You know the features that society deems as beautiful, um, because a lot of those, you know, stereotypes and and um, you know, I'm trying to think of the word. The the, the aesthetics that we we see as beautiful now, um, and the standard of beauty is something that has seeped into a lot of our cultures. You know that's why we have people that go through skin bleaching and really do damage for you know things that are damageful to their skin, um by making themselves fairer and or you know if their hair texture is coarse, you know they will use hair relaxers to to try and straighten their hair, um so there's there's all these things where, you know some people say oh, it's self hate like I don't for me I don't think it's self hate, I think it's just you know this person hasn't grown up in an environment where they were made to be beautiful just for the simple fact that they exist and um, and to you know celebrate the beauty that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them and how different they are from the world um, and how that beauty is accepted right so i think a lot of that has to play in as well so imagine that young girl who feels ugly who maybe you know was a chubby child when she was growing up and she was shamed a lot for her weight now she's grown up and you know she the, the spots have cleared away um you know she's got a, a nice figure now alhamdulillah and you know she gets a bit of attention by a guy or or a brother would you know show her some attention and again this is where it comes down to the five senses right because internally she still feels ugly and fat um but then the senses are hearing what he has to say looking at you know whatever attributes that she finds him um you know good looking in um it's about um, you know if they went out for meals you know she would always associate that taste of the food and you know going to these beautiful restaurants with him um again it's about the touch you know may allah forgive us all um the smell you know his his clone and his you know the firm pheromones um, that we we seem to give out so there's all these things that hold such importance to this person, and then this is where it affects our heart, because now our heart is in conflict, because our heart, Alhamdulillah, it's really a place for our last, Subhanahu wa Taala, and um, it's where we're meant to constantly clean with dhikr, um, with our, you know, rituals, with our, you know, asking Allah for forgiveness, um, but instead when we corrupt it with the external um, stimuli with what we're feeling from the environment and this you know young gentleman who's probably lost himself um and who's has you know his own issues and he's trying to work it out through this dynamic with you, then you you fall prey to it. And then like I said, the the quote that I referenced earlier, you know, the lust you hold so closely can vanish within moments. Um, Because then there's consequences, there's, you know, destructive behaviors that come with it. There's various different things. There's even, you know, later on, you mess up the relationship that you could get involved, um, you know, if you were to meet someone else later on down the line. Um, You know, as a sister, you would feel, because you felt vulnerable and you opened yourself up to someone um, and you got heartbroken. Now, when you go and get into a halal relationship and you get married, you know, you're always going to be reserved, right? Because you've got that imprint in your heart where you feel, you know, you feel like you have those preconcepted notions of, you know, he could break my heart. Um, so now instead of you being completely vulnerable with someone who loves you and cherishes you and, and you know, Allah's put love and tranquility between your heart, now you're reluctant to be vulnerable with him because of your past experience. And the same for a brother, you know, because he's indulged in, you know, um, these kind of acts then when he does get a sister and into a halal relationship the consequences for him is that you know he he might feel like she's not pleasing to him you know or he might have that urge to to want to step out of the marriage um, because he feels you know he he still remembers certain things and you know images and and the senses the smell the touch of of all the interactions that he's had before um so this is i think this is something that's so important for us to really contemplate on and like i said you know may allah protect us from ever falling into it and if we have may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us and may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inshallah, you know, Ya Rabbi, may Allah give us the strength to to get out of it, um, because it's not just you. It's there's so much and so many people that get affected by this because of one moment of lust, and you know now it's going to trickle down to every other aspect of yourself, and also the the trust. You know that that trust that you know you have with yourself you know the the boundaries of you know how having strong boundaries is being able to not fall prey to your desires and inshallah you know having the 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 you know the foreseeable view um or picture of what could happen and and having that having that um Having that sense of, you know, being able to hold yourself back. Restrain, that's the word. Having that sense of restrainment where you hold yourself back from it, inshallah. So now I'm going to, as salam to you all, I'm going to come into the comments now. So may Allah reward you. Actually, before I come into the comments, let me just go into, inshallah, how to get out of a haram relationship if we are in one And may Allah forgive us all. Ameen. Wa alaikum as-salam wa rahmatullahi to all those who've joined. Um, So a few tips that I wanted to share, right, is that... um, So firstly, we have to understand temptation is all around us. And yet one temptation that proves to be forbidden, i.e. haram, is haram relationships. Unfortunately, I can't reiterate this enough. Our society markets sexuality and relationships out of the context of marriage and family. And that's a really sad thing because when you are in an environment where it's so easy for you to, you know, get into these kind of dynamics and situations, you know, like just a few names that I could tell you is, you know, um, situationships. Um, you know, friend, friends with benefit, boyfriend and girlfriend, um, you know, side chick, probably a side dude as well. Allahu A'lam. But anyway, like there's all these phrases and suddenly it's the norm, you know, but we have one word marriage, you know, and that's what Islam promotes. And I think, you know, a lot of other religious beliefs as well, subhanAllah, you know, we all know that marriage is is the base for society it's the foundation that allows us to build societies that are inshallah healthy inshallah so let's think of it so is love is love haram and that's a question right because someone might say well hey it's only love like you know what is the problem sorry i'm just gonna have a drink by with me. Alhamdulillah. So, to be honest, love is not haram, right? It is a beautiful feeling and it's a blessing. May Allah, you know, embrace us all with it. I mean, it is not haram to find someone attractive. And that's not what I'm saying here. Um, You know, I know that we want to spend time getting to know our potential spouse before marriage. And this is beautiful, right? But really, It's about remembering that there are halal ways where we can do this, inshallah, where it also ensures that neither of us, neither party, transgresses the limits set by Allah, inshallah. So ending a haram relationship, what it takes, I think the key key component, the key word is commitment. So it takes commitment and action. You know, you might be wondering how can you get out of this and you know okay it's 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 like a drug right um i've also had relationships especially those kind of relationships it's in a way where people could even um describe it as you know as if you're coming off um like a really high core hardcore drug like cocaine right it it has withdrawal symptoms um there's so many different um sort of things that go into it. So before you even get trapped in that um, vicious cycle, in short, it's better to stay away from it. So if we have fallen into it, what can we do? So first thing I would suggest is cut the connection completely. Honestly, cut the connection off completely. The reason why I say this is because it's, it's tempting to remain in contact with that person, but this is a false belief because think of it this way right if somehow being you know or being in contact with that person is gonna lessen the initial pain of separation um, so you'd be like oh it's okay to stay in contact but I'm not with them but it doesn't lessen the pain of the separation it actually makes it harder for for that temptation for you so imagine if you put drugs in front of a a drug addict right you know it would just make that much more harder to recover from or for the person to you know get the, get the willpower to stay away from it. so inshallah what you need to do is distance yourself from this person like asap asap inshallah delete all their contacts their information block them on all forms of social media honestly it's for your own best interest and do not engage with them in any way think of it this way right you are detoxing from them And also your system, like your body, your system is actually going in a detoxifying, you know, um, detoxifying um, spiritual journey. Think of it like that, right? And then it's choose your friends wisely. So the social circles that you choose to involve yourself in, this really has a massive impact on you in you know your internal self right because again the stimuli that's coming from the outside has so much impact and influence on you and your friends if they're supportive of haram relationships or if they frequently themselves like dabble in these kind of situationships best believe they need to be cut off as well subhanallah because they are in opposition to the commandments of allah and i just want to um sort of relay something which is mentioned in al-Tirmithi and that it's quoted a man is upon the religion of his friends so let one of you look at whom he befriends and again that's mentioned in al-Tirmithi so it's really important inshallah and so it's important for you to surround yourself with righteous friends and with these righteous friends inshallah there will be a source of guidance for you and they will bring a sense of positivity into your life we know that righteous friends will help you also during this you know during the healing process of you staying away and taking these steps um towards connecting with allah so you know they could be that for- voice of reason for you inshallah you know, where if you do find yourself maybe feeling weak one day or tempted, you know, you could have, um, what do they call it? You can have like an, an accountability friend. I think that's how you call it. So it's basically where you have one particular friend where, you know, you kind of, and they hold you accountable. So they, you know, no filter. They're just like, listen, sit your dirt behind. Like you don't need to be out here trying to, reconnect to this haram relationship. Um the the other one is be honest with yourself. So like I said, you know, really question. And these are the times I would recommend to journal because journaling honestly it brings there's something about your thoughts once it's captived or you've captivated it, captivated it? Once you've captured it into um, paper and you've actually written down, you know, there's words that will, like, you know, sort of, um, that will jump out at you. And it'll give you a way where, it'll give you um, an opportunity to really ask those questions. Okay, like, you know, maybe I felt secure with this person right so if I was journaling and I wrote the word secure right so in my mind I will isolate that word and really reflect on okay you know at first you might write a lot of jargon or like gibberish, gibberish stuff um, but it, again it's about looking for those key words and really excuse me really exploring okay why why do I feel secure with this person And then doing the follow up, you know, maybe because, you know, whenever I was sad, you know, they always called me or whenever I was struggling, you know, they were the first person that I would turn to. Um, And then again, it will bring you back to also how you reject Allah in those moments, you know, how you're depending and you're, you know, giving someone this much power over you where you're actually not um, surrendering yourself and your needs and your vulnerability and your wants and your desires um, to Allah, but instead you're, you're allowing someone to, to have that, like I said, form of control over you. Um, so ask yourself, you know, why, why did you feel the need to get involved into this kind of relationship in the first place? You know, was was it because you were seeking validation? um, And was this going to help you with your self-esteem? Are you a sister who is, you know, having difficulties, subhanAllah, with your father-daughter relationship? And you sought out another male role model in your life? Um, Do you struggle with self-control? That's the other one. I think it's very big, inshallah. Um, And once you identify why you engage, right, in these kind of situationships or in these kind of relationships, inshallah, what you'll be able to do is, is is looking deeper into ways to prevent yourself from falling into those pitfalls again and also understanding yourself, taking accountability, um, looking into your responsibility. Um, You know, what are you accountable for that? in order to bring about that like what was the initial steps you took um, and also how you can help other people inshallah that's another thing that you could get out of that so as Muslims we know that haram relationship is a, a grave sin and I'm sure we've heard a lot of ulamas, um a lot of scholars and you know subhanAllah we had the Prophet himself wasalam, who you know told us about this in various different um you know ways we have the quran allah's words where allah you know warns us about this so subhanallah it's a grave sin and it's a sin that is not you know destructive to you but destructive to your um you know relationships destructive to the community to society you know to your unborn children so this is grave subhanallah so, inshallah, explore what were the reasons behind it. You know, the reasons weren't just because it was fun and it was attraction. Like a lot of people think it bad, but it is more, you know, there's more of an underlining issue there. Um, find the areas of your life that is creating this weakness within you. So something is making you, you know, is making it more difficult for you to control your desires. What is that? You know what is it subhanallah where is it coming from and inshallah this takes introspection and honesty and that's what you really need you need to be very honest about yourself and and also getting it um and getting uh you know like stepping out of the situation like i said and and having that full understanding of the picture inshallah only allah has full understanding of everything but you know to the best of our knowledge so another thing we could do is step forward into um knowing that you know this is going to be a test for you and that you're going to face difficult moments in this process is important during this inshallah testing times to find a coping skill. So this again coping skill you know we want to make it positive and we want to make it something that is um productive and proactive inshallah. So you know like like I said, journaling, um, listening to the Qur'an, reading the Qur'an, um, you know, cooking, just going out for walks, clearing your head. So it's just a, like a go-to. So whenever you get that um, urge or, you know, that um, sort of temptation, it's something that's going to take your mind off it, inshallah. And that's also something that's going to involve you in doing something that is beneficial, sha inshallah. Another thing which is, I think, the number one, and I probably could have just said this and left it here, is about the, you know, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, what he told us. So our Prophet, peace be upon him, told us fasting will help assist you in preventing those haram interactions. So it makes it easier for you to control your impulses and it keeps you aware of, inshallah, our faith as well. So fasting, so I'm going to read from um, Al-Muslim. It's a quote, it's a hadith, where it says, O young men, those among you who can support a wife should marry. For it restrains eyes from casting evil glances and preserves one from immorality. But those who cannot should devout themselves to fasting. For it is a means of controlling sexual desire. So inshallah, along with fasting, we need to make dua. We know that dua is the weapon of the believer. And especially in times that are testing and we are struggling in. So when we are struggling, shaitan has, you know, dua is like, It's like the weapon that we use against Shaytan's influences. And make dua daily, definitely, like every minute if you can. You know, ask for strength and, you know, faith. Ask Allah to help you to avoid the haram relationship. Ask for guidance and assistance um, as much as you can, subhanAllah, or you feel compelled to. And again, just a side note, You know, there is no such thing as making too much du'a. So, hey, it's free for all, right? Inshallah. Um, And finally, is find true love on the prayer mat. Now, what do I mean by this? And what I mean by this is the purest and most unconditional love is the one between you and your creator. And no matter how much you have transgressed, or I have transgressed, we can always turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and ask for repentance. And this is a quote from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the book Quran, um, page, sorry, Surah 2, 152 to 153, where Allah Himself tells us So remember me, I will remember you, and be grateful to me. And do not deny me. O oh, you who have believed, seek help through patience and prayer. Indeed, Allah is with the patient. And that's Surah 2 from 152 to 153. That always gives me solace, no matter what I'm going through. I thought I'd just put that out there. So, inshallah cry your heart out in your suju. And when it gets hard, talk to Allah, subhanAllah. You know, let our prayer mat be the place that we find solace and in embracing our faith, insha'Allah. And I really do pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strengthens you and strengthens your heart. And, you know, for for everyone, men, women, you know, children, may Allah guide us all. I mean, okay, so now I'm going to go back to all your comments and subhanAllah, there's a lot. Wa to all those who've joined it's a bigger temptation for some more than others. Definitely. That is so true, sister. We must never judge. That's what I've learned. MashaAllah. We must be understanding and not shut down for having fallen for shaitan's traps. Yeah, may Allah protect us. SubhanAllah, pure, ugly is beautiful by, by Shaitan. May Allah protect us. And I mean... Wa alaikum as rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, brother. Don't worry about our comments. Take your time, Sister Noor. Jazakallah khairan, sister. Um, I love your interactions. You guys always seem to have your own, masha'Allah. So alhamdulillah, there's so many reasons why some why someone could enter a haram relationship. That is so true. InshaAllah, I wasn't aware of some of the examples you mentioned. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Supporting the sister sister Noura doing a great job. Masha'Allah for the shout out. May Allah reward you for your kind words um, yeah, Masha'Allah What doing in this work? SubhanAllah. You guys are all so kind. May Allah reward you may Allah give me the strength as well. I mean um, I will help to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Yourself to help you get rid of the unhelpful thoughts too. Is someone having a, a comment? I'm not sure um Muslim parents need to make marriage easy that is so true may Allah reward you we live in times where haram is easy halal is difficult may Allah guide us ameen um did someone mention about evil thoughts i'm not sure inshallah so um i'm not really sure consequence um, it is very common during uni days haram and toxic relationships especially if you ain't the close, if you especially if you ain't that close to your religion and piety is one of the blessings of Allah amm that is so true um unfortunately you know our, you know everyone has been exposed to things that you know like 50 years ago or maybe 100 years ago would have been very different to live in those times you know even just 50 years ago you know marriage was was definitely something that people saw as value or maybe 60 70 years ago now um but yeah now it's really about a sexuality and boyfriend and girlfriend and side chick and side man oh my battery is about to die um wait i have to tell my la- my charger on give me a second hopefully yes it's on alhamdulillah so but the one thing i think with these relationships is that there's definitely you know there's something that's missing there's a void and this is where shaitan uses you know its tricks and temptations and you know all his arsenage and his you know destructive bring you humanity down the toolbox that he has and this is where you know he uses our own desires and the weaknesses that we might have against us and may Allah, may Allah guide us I mean inshallah and yeah like the brother may Allah reward him said that you know we should make marriage easy for people and I think more definitely what i would add to that as well is what's even more important i think is to teach people about marriage um you know to give them knowledge um and also how we raise our children you know if we don't raise our children in ways that that empower them that gives them the ability to have a sense of autonomy and um you know the loving that they need to, to be nurtured and to, you know, become these flourishing human beings. Sometimes, you know, they could grow up feeling deficient. But, you know, can I just also add to this, right? Like, Allah a'lam because sometimes I go in my head and I could think of, like, I'm sure we all do, right? Your mind could take you on this, like, train ride and you can think of so many things. Like, you're like, wow, I didn't even think of that. Maybe, maybe. And, you know, my Allah... Um, you know, grant us clear imagination (laughs) because I think the imaginative, like uh, to have an imaginary mind, sometimes it's a blessing Um, but then sometimes it could be like a bit scary too because you can think of things that are like, whoa, but I don't know, I had a thought, right, and this is again not in any, I don't know, maybe there is a you know, understanding of it in Islam I don't really know, but this is what came to me recently, right I was thinking about And I was thinking, you know, when you're young, right? Like, we're told we're going to be tested. So, and I think I've mentioned this before, maybe. I'm not sure. But you know, when you're young, you grow up, right? Like, you know, we all have a unique, like, experience. So, like, my experience, like, you know, someone could feel abandoned. And maybe I felt abandoned or whatever in my childhood, right? But how those two emotions... Um, or you know being reactive from those places of feeling abandoned how they manifest for for me and someone else would be completely different right and and I was thinking a lot about like the 99 names of Allah and I think what came to my mind was whatever that we're lacking in and whatever like deficiencies that we feel like you know, all letdowns that we got from our parents, or maybe they weren't, you know, just loving and they weren't caring, or, you know, they were um you know, there were parents that were might, you know, maybe quite strict, or maybe, you know, like when we think of people that have come over from like Muslim lands, right? Like imagine coming to the West and you know, your parents are literally just on survival mode. Like they've you know, were plucked out from one environment and now they were put into another environment where in their mind, they're now triggered into survival mode, right? So any of the people that have grown up in in the West, you know, there are going to be moments where you might have felt some of your needs were neglected, right? Because your parents, you know, their main focus was for you to survive, And for them to survive um, and for them to establish sense of you know stability for you so sometimes you know your parents could have been at work and you know sometimes you had to look after younger siblings or you had to be at home so like then as that child you kind of got given way like way more responsibilities than your mind could like could comprehend um and because of that, now it's like you, you're you kind of stuck in this emotional place where, you know, you still feel like that child. And that's quite impulsive, that, you know, always wants to, like, um, have fun. And, you know, because I've seen this a lot in some of the clients that I work with, where being a grown-up is like a chore. And I don't think any of us like being a grown-up, to be honest. <laughs> if I'm honest like I think yeah life is better when you don't have responsibilities but in saying that life would also be boring hence why we have heaven and you know heaven and earth because in the earth inshallah we're working for that time where we could recline um on raised couches and you know we could have the most you know beautiful exquisite experiences in Jannah inshallah may Allah grant us that all I mean um so, yeah, so I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, sometimes we get put in situations and, you know, and we get placed in certain family dynamics because there is a wisdom. You know, there is a wisdom and, you know, maybe that is our test. You know, whatever we felt, it's it's really to bring us um, closer to Allah because in these haram relationships, like whatever you're seeking in this person, this person is never going to fulfill that for you. Like, never. Even if you get married, you know, which would definitely, you know, need to get married. Forget about that. Ha- That's even like, I don't know, like if marriage is, you know, got its own trials and tests, you could only imagine what a haram relationship would look like, subhanAllah. So, you know, but within marriage, inshallah, it's whatever we experience is temporary. And at least for that, you know, you get good deeds. Imagine that, like, you know, even I've heard, like, if you put a piece of food into your spouse's mouth, that's that's like a good deed. You know, the fact that you might want to make a meal for your partner or, you know, a husband or wife, or the fact that, you know, you raising your children and taking care of them. Like, all of these things are a form of ibadah, right? And imagine when you're in a haram relationship, you're playing this, you know, wifely duty or you're, you know, providing these services. And this is what's going to take you to the hellfire. Forget good deeds. Like, you know, you're literally dragging yourself to, you know, the, the, the hellfire, subhanallah may Allah protect us I mean um so it's really important I think to to get our our you know our th- our thoughts and and our um perspectives in order about life because it's it's scary it really is and it's you know five minute of thrill a couple of minutes of like Oh, you know, I got a text message, they care and they love me, or whatever it is. But, you know, the consequences may Allah protect us. It really is. And also, can I just say, like, if you have a child out of wedlock, like, you know, that child can't even be claimed in the inheritance in Islam. So, like, I don't want to say the word, but if you have a child out of wedlock, so imagine you have a child with someone in a haram relationship and that person can choose to deny that child you know and when it comes to the inheritance you know if they were to inherit anything they will have no share like to that inheritance so think of like even the you know your consequences it's not just affecting you it's affecting your children you know and their children and their children Subhanallah. May Allah grant us the ability to have children in a state of purity. I mean, and may Allah grant us children that are righteous and pious. I mean. So this is, you know, it, right now it's it's just, you know, it's all fun and games. But Subhanallah. So, for anyone that's listening, inshallah, I hope this is of benefit. um And inshallah, you know, may Allah protect us all. I mean I'm going to come back to the comments now. Smartphones, the smart fitna devices. Easy to have relations and the exposure that you mentioned glorifies the haram relationships. AMA AMM definitely subhanAllah. Even now, like if you think of all the dating apps, subhanallah, like I don't even know what to say. Like it's just you know, everybody's on there. You can't go out, you can't do anything. Um So literally, you know, everyone lives in video calls and Zoom chats and whatever else chats that's going on. So could you imagine like the the fitna of that as well? For those who joined now, you know, hey, you missed the party, but inshallah, you can catch up later. Um, Parents are tunnel vision about the money. Yes, subhanAllah, I guess that's why they make it difficult, right? And this is the other thing as well, like, sometimes, because we're so used to keeping up with the Joneses, like, we feel the need to, you know, make money the end and be all in relationships, you know, like, definitely you want someone to have some form of, um, you know, stability in that department, but at the same time, You know, subhanAllah, is the fitna, right? There's a hadith that I I remember, and I'm paraphrasing here, where it said that, you know, if someone is a pious person, inshallah, or, you know, a righteous person, and they come to ask for, you know, your daughter's hand or some, I don't know, someone in marriage, if you refuse them, then, you know, there's going to be fitna in the world. And I was like, wow, imagine that. You know just because you said no because maybe it's to do with race maybe it's to do with like you know he's not a doctor or you know he's not an engineer or she's not a you know a doctor or a lawyer or whatever else and now you've hindered you know these two young people from embarking on something that could have prevented them you know from falling into zina. i always get curious actually like if someone gets to a certain age and they say that you know they haven't been in relationships, I always get curious as to, okay, like, you know, how have you suppressed this natural urge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala placed within us, right? Where it's even been said that the Prophet told us, you know, to fast in order to suppress them, these feelings and desires. Um, you know, because I know there's a lot of people now that have gotten into like their late 20s or their 30s and unfortunately, they have been in haram relationships, right? And and think of it this way, like I think of it for like from an aspect of a sister, yeah? Like you're literally giving a part of you to every person that you spend with in this um, haram way. So, and then not only that, like, think of, I think, I don't know if this is true, but I've heard it reference people that sleep around, you know, they have all these soul ties. So, but I I don't really know if it's true or not, but I'm just thinking of it from the perspective of, you know, when you meet someone, right, like, before you even open that door of kind of, you know, exploring one another in that way, you need to first vent the person. Like, you need to vet the person, not vent. Vet the person, you know. Is this person, you know, how's their character? How's their conduct? Um, You know, how do they go about in the world? You know, what is their relationship to Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala? Um, you know, how is he treating you? You know, he or she. You know, is it a brother or a sister that is calling you towards, you know, immorality? Um, are they people... Are they, you know, people who, you know, say to you, hey, we can't talk, you know, or that have these, you know, very strict, firm boundaries? Because again, you know, I really do believe that everything's a projection. So if we have, um, if we have lack of boundaries in our internal world, that manifests in lack of boundaries in our external. Um, And then we meet people that, you know, as a girl, like maybe you're very shy and, you know, you like the attention of a brother, and you feel special, and all of that stuff, but then you might say, like, oh, you know what, I don't really feel comfortable with this, or whatever, and then, you know, there's that sense of also, you know, I don't want to say gaslighting, but, you know, like, when someone wants something, they they will make you feel like, you know, like, they would push your boundaries, that's what I'm trying to say, they, they would, like, push your boundaries just to see, like, Oh, okay, so she said that yesterday. And this is the thing, right? Nobody just comes out, right? And, you know, because the devil works in mysterious ways, subhanAllah. The devil, you know, works through people. And again, this is what I'm saying. Like, if you're ending up in a haram relationship with someone, for someone to comply, for both parties to comply, that already is a massive warning sign as to you know, some of the weaknesses that they felt inside and the lack of control that they had over themselves. And obviously, you know, at that moment, Shaidan was the one that, you know, was governing them and their faculties and their, you know, their senses and their emotions. And subhanAllah. So there was a story that I heard, right? And this story, I heard it, you know, many years ago. And I remember... Um, it really shook me to the core. Like, I'm not even going to lie. And I hope I could remember it. Um, I hope I can remember it, inshallah, in, in a way that does justice to the, to the, you know, the reason behind it. So apparently it's an authentic story. I've heard it in two versions. So I've heard it in a way where, you know, it's said... I think it's for Islamic teachings, Allahu A'lam. But anyway, there was this monk, right? And I'm sure you guys have probably heard of it as well. Um, So there was this monk um, and he was very pious, very, very, very pious, subhanAllah. And there was these two brothers in the town that I guess the monk lived in and they were going to war, right? And for their sister, there was nowhere that they could have, you know, trusted their sister with, and someone mentioned, you know, you should go, and I don't know if they were kings or that they were quite like I think higher up, um, in terms of the hierarchy chain, but anyway, I digress. So the the moral of the story is the the pious person was very resistant, very reluctant at first. He was like, nope, 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 and this is like someone that spent literally their whole life worshipping allah like so 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 pious right and the the the, the quickly <laughs> just to interject the one thing i took from this story is no one is safe like no one no matter how much you think listen i've got this on lock you know, I'm, I've got this to the T when it comes to, like, being on top of your salah, when it comes to your ibadah, you know, all the good deeds that you're doing. Like, you know, subhanAllah, in in a brink of a moment, everything that you've spent all your life doing could get wiped away. Like, seriously, and may Allah protect us. Like, that's the worst fear, I think, is to... Have a life of righteousness, and just before you die, Subhanallah. And there's also been said there's people that live a, a life of transgression and disobedience to Allah, but then just before they die, like they do one action, and that makes them the people of Jannah. I mean, Allah make us among them. I mean, so going back to um, the the story, so this pious monk said, okay. I will take care of her but you'd have to put her I think opposite you know wherever his worship like house place was so they put her somewhere opposite him where he could keep an eye I guess through the window or whatever and then um and then in the during the day he would make food and he would just go and leave at the door right and then he did that for a while and then Shaidan one day said you know she might be lonely or something because this is he was talking about how Shaitan comes and tricks us as well and then he thought okay well you know what so then I think he I don't know waited till she picked up the food he said you know you're okay whatever and she said yeah so she carried on with her business he comes back the next time and Shaitan's like why don't you just go inside and just keep her company you know she she has nobody to talk to and he was like Real resistant. But it was like okay. So the next day, and this went on for a while, right? Because it takes gradual steps. So finally, he went in the in the house and he sat down. And then a few more times, he would go in and you know, kind of see to her. And then, subhanallah, I don't know how, but then they end up. I don't know. He looked at her and he he liked what he saw. And you know, Shaidan took advantage of both of them, so they both committed zina. And this is like, subhanAllah. So when he committed zina, um, then later on he found out that the girl got pregnant, right? And then Shaidan was obviously his companion, so Shaidan is talking to him. So he's like, well, what are you going to do? Everyone's going to find out now, you know, all of these things. So Shaidan said, okay, I have an idea. You should kill her and go and bury her somewhere, right? And he was like, okay... I don't know why, he ended up killing the girl who was pregnant because of shame and embarrassment, you know, the fact that he did and everyone was going to find out. So he buried her, right, left her at that. Now her two brothers came back from the war and they were looking for their sister. And alam. but I think he said that she ran away. I don't know, but something happened to her. And they thought nothing of it. I'm sure they probably went, you know, searching for her. Anyway, um, after that, basically, um, one of the brothers had a dream, right? Shaidan came to the brother and he said, the, the monk murdered your sister and he killed her. And this is where he killed her, in the dream, right? So they were like, what? Anyway, they ended up going to dig the, the, you know, the, the grave or whatever, and they found their sister there. So then in the end, the monk was going to be executed and Shaidan goes, you know, I guess while he was in the chamber or whatever, before he got taken for execution, he said, um, you know, I can get you out of this, right? Just do one thing, right? Just bow down to me, right? And I can get you out of this. And unfortunately, that's what he did. He bowed down to the Shaidan, and then... There's more to the story, but anyway, the moral of the story is he ended up dying as a mushrik, as a non-believer, from what I heard. And that's what Shaytan did. SubhanAllah. May Allah protect us. Ameen. I'm going to come back to your comments. That's why I do not even go near footsteps of Shaytan. May Allah protect us. Ameen, sister. Yeah, the story of... This, oh you've heard of it Alhamdulillah I'm sure I've probably butchered it but um, it's on YouTube if anybody and also the brother kindly um, mentioned as well so inshallah we could check it out I once saw an app for halal dating subhanallah may Allah protect us subhanallah May Allah reward you all for tuning in. So it's an hour and 30, almost an hour and 30 minutes. Um, Subhanallah. But that story um, was very scary for me. I think it had a lot, a lot of, um, I think it woke me up to reality. know it's easy the ego is there right to believe that oh you know what this wasn't this wouldn't fall upon me you know even some of us subhanallah we might think you know what might look down on people think that oh you know this wouldn't happen to me also I heard like be careful of what you judge people on um or is there another word like you know when you um abase people or you kind of look down upon them and and you, you know, make them feel inferior or you, is it you publicize that person's sin? I can't remember, but, you know, like whatever you frown upon another human being, um, it said like, be careful because that you might end up falling into the same sin. SubhanAllah. And may Allah protect us from it. Ameen. So on that, can I just, on a, Okay, inshallah. Um, just to bring us back to the moment, because I feel like we went in in a very, um, you know, into a very deep topic. So just to kind of bring us back to the now and the here and now, um, I found out something recently I didn't know. Right, you know, wood wood in the summer it expands, and in the winter, if, especially if you have like a wooden cabinet or like any wood. Um, objects in the house um yeah like it it expands in the summer and then it retracts in the winter i was shocked i was like what so he actually stretches out <laughs> subhanallah really may Allah guide them and A lot of the time, people don't understand what halal is. I used to go to this poultry firm where you can buy your own chicken. What the guy asked me if I enjoy oh, enjoyed blood that is gross. May Allah protect us. I mean. I had so many weird things, sister. There is a shocking one for you. We don't need to perform salah. What? Astaghfirullah. It mentions in the Quran, even just the verse that I spoke about, um, that I read, it did say, you know, have patience and hold dear to your salah, right? May Allah protect us. Probably from a munkar hab- a hadith may Allah guide us just going back to your comments you guys are like sharing some really beneficial knowledge let's see oh may Allah this I hope I'm announcing your name, Sister Persia Zaid. Um, would you mind, Sister, if I made you a mod as well on the channel? If it's okay, please let me know, inshallah. And then I'll do that after the video or after the stream. I mean, I'll reward you all for joining. SubhanAllah. So what else can we share about halal relationships because halal halal relationship is the way to go right i might do another topic on halal relationships can i just say as well i hope the brother doesn't mind me well anyway so um a brother actually suggested a really amazing topic may allah reward him um and it's to do with mixing culture and islam Um, I don't know if we've actually got a title established but anyway and the the way the brother mentioned or what I guess the way he um, suggested the topic with or as was that you know it's really difficult for non-Muslims to well these these are my words right to differentiate what is Islam and what is culture right so a lot of uh, non-Muslims will misuse that and represent Islam as like this, you know, oppressive religion, maybe when it comes to women or, um, you know, all all these, like, nonsense that we hear um, people say about Islam. And I think it's really important that instead of concentrating on defending all the time, Allahu A'lam, but... You know with the suggestion of the brother for the topic um i thought you know it'd be nice to talk about the differences like how certain cultures um treat men and women and how men and women from various different cultures also interact with one another especially when it comes to like a toxic or an unhealthy relationship and how sometimes You know, unfortunately, Islam gets, um, you know, people use Islam as the cover up for why they behave and do the things that they do, um, which really and truly has nothing. And a lot of people that, you know, are into, um, you know, not following Islam wholeheartedly, you know, they pick and choose. It's like cherry picking Islam, right? So, you know, you might tell your woman, you know, don't do this, or you might use violence, right? Or you, and then you could justify it by saying, well, you know, in the Quran, in, you know, Surah so and so, it does mention you can beat your wife. Um, and then a non believer will be like, oh, okay, well, yeah, he's right, because you know, Islam says you can beat a woman up. Um, so, you know, it's Islam, that's the problem. But then, because don't forget as well, like when there's negative news or positive, like sometimes we're very negative, like in terms of the the information, we don't seem to look at something that's positive um, in a way where we promote it and, you know, um, it, and the example of this is social media you know tv news outlets where negative news sells right um so when we don't have things that counteract that and you know like stand firm against these misconceptions about islam and say no let's stop there it's not about islam firstly you don't speak arabic so you're not going to fully understand um and the bit that you understand you're only going to find proof just to it's called bias right like biases so I will only find you know the proof that um like the information that supports my argument like even though there's a million other piece of information that you know counteract your ideology or your understanding of something, you know, you go towards, you know, what you're biased towards, which is, you know what, I have an agenda. I don't like Islam. um, I think Islam is barbaric. I Whatever it is, right? Or maybe they just generally, in a very naive way, um, believe that, you know, because maybe... And this is the thing, right? The thing about projection, which I shared earlier, is that if someone's been abused right you are more likely to so say someone's been abused right and if you've ever told them a story of like you know what um i don't know like my partner was quite manipulative and you know he kind of shouted at me and it's like oh wait a minute see that's the first sign you need to leave that relationship so i tell you why because this is what's going to happen and duh, 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 because this person is projecting their own experience onto you right and that's very dangerous because sometimes we can internalize that projection that whatever someone's projected onto us so a lot of you know muslim women and also non-muslim women because of you know unfortunate circumstances that they've been through it's easier now to taint islam with that ideology of yeah islam suppresses women islam is for beating women um but firstly you, you know you as a born muslim didn't really know much about your islam to begin with because if you were you wouldn't have like allowed yourself to not that i'm saying by the way like i know my words can be quite harsh but i mean like you know to, to bring some balance like if we don't know much about islam it's easier just to condemn Islam because it serves our own best needs and you know maybe because we have desires that you know we need to justify right and the second is for like a non-Muslim who is in this whole movement of liberation and you know women um, need to step out of this you know oppressive mindset and this whole patriarchal system and and, you know, like they have an agenda moving forward. Now, anything they hear is like, oh, yeah, it's oppressed. You know, you're oppressed. You, you need to just, you know, um, be liberated. And you need to have your own money. You need to be a boss lady. You need to be independent. You need to, and and then it's like, you know, subhanAllah. The one thing I would always say is get curious inshallah may Allah grant us the ability to get curious about people's agenda and may Allah grant us clarity as well in situations firm was founded by a Muslim but all employees are non-Muslim okay let me see heya is commodity it really is AMA I don't know why I I keep saying AMA apologies um and also now like see in islam hayah is commodity right shyness and you know all the all that goes with it but then in the west um you know like your sexuality is commodity so that's where like there's the imbalance like as a muslim your hayah is your commodity and as a non-muslim You know, your sexuality is your commodity because what that means is you now get, you know, we live in a very, we live in a capitalized, you know, um, capitalism era. So because of that, now in order for me to survive being the weaker sex, I now have to use whatever I can to my, um, you know, in order to give me some sort of false security. So therefore then I use my sexuality as a commodity because that's all I have to sell right but then yet you're liberated somehow may Allah forgive us I mean it was really good their heart then they would surely manifest the goodness in their actions too yeah subhanAllah and there's some Shiites say that but these people are not Shiites they are nothing honestly Amm, I'm going to say your name correctly now, child. You know what Quran says about those people? They are deaf, dumb, and blind, and so they do not <laughs> excuse me think and understand. Al-Baqarah, Surah 271. From sisters who does not wear modest clothing and have the same reason for pure hearts. Oh, jizakala, you, thank you for showing mercy upon me. It's like, just say, am um, inshallah. Yeah. Society. They just want to justify their desires instead of being sincere to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and themselves. Yeah. Unfortunately, may Allah make it easy for us and kind of for the best, so so inshallah um, are you a brother or a sister a m m yeah that's a good question actually if you don't want you know if you don't mind answering um so please stay tuned inshallah the topic might be this week um inshallah and please all come and join as well because you know, we have different communities, you know, we're all from different um, sort of cultures. So it would also be nice, as also the brother mentioned, to get, you know, different takes as well of um, maybe the same topic. So it's to do with mixing culture and Islam um, and how a non-Muslim culture versus Islam is a very important discussion. Yes, it is. Subhana jazakallah Khairan. may Allah reward you nobody will say anything but cannot find a job easily inshallah look forward to it jazakallah Khairan for today's topic barakallah inshallah so um, on that note inshallah I will catch you guys next week not next week this week inshaAllah. inshallah and I hope you guys are safe and inshallah, keep warm and uh, wherever you are. It is a good opportunity for me to take my frustration out. Brother, anytime, definitely come on inshallah. And also to um, everyone else because it would be nice to get an intake. Inshallah. So may Allah reward you all. I'll maybe give it a second or so if you guys want to. And I'm sure you know who I got that from. Because <laughs> um, I just think that was a very nice thought, inshallah. Okay, brother, mashallah. May Allah reward you. Such a beautiful sister, as well. Sister Jazakallah khairan. And I will see you guys soon. Alaikum.